You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Here in 2 Samuel 2, 22 and 33 is El. El refers to the invincible one. The God that is unbeatable. Nobody can stand against our God. No thing can stand against our God. Even if different things teamed up to try to defeat the Lord, still wouldn't take place. I like how, how one writer said, if the whole world is against us, and God is for us. We are more. God is so awesome to where he told Israel, I, I, want, I want you to just stand still and watch me work. Watch the salvation of the Lord. Let me know that every battle we're in uh, God does not want us to try to fight it. There are some battles that God will allow you to go through. But he will be the one that fights in your stead. I said he will be the one that fights in your stead. You know God like, hey, Bray, just stand right there. I, I, I got this right here. And some of us in here, we can testify that God will fight for you. Where, where are the ones that, that know what I'm talking about? Just shout at somebody, God will fight for you. Go back to the country with me and tell somebody else, God will put up his dukes and fight for you. Woo, I like that country version. Tell somebody else, God will put up his dukes and fight, fight. And, and you have to know that God is on your side when you face odds that are seemingly insurmountable. You have to know that God is on your side when it seems like the worst is taking place. The very thing you did not want to happen shows up at your door and you look at yourself and know you don't have the capacity to deal with it. You have to know at that moment that God is on your side. You have to know at that moment that God is with you and if God is truly with you he's not just going to stand by and let the enemy have his way in your life God is our refuge God is our protector God is the one that will stand flat footed and do what needs to be done God said to Israel, the enemy may come in one way, but when I'm done with him, he's going to flee seven ways. Letting us know that he will fight for us. He will be for us what needs to be. Whatever he needs to be, he will be for you. 
That's the reason he told Moses when Pharaoh, who, who think he the, he the bad one, when he asked you who, who sent you to tell him to let Israel go, you tell him that I am that I am. Which simply means I'm going to be whoever I need to be in Israel. If I need to be the one that grabs you by your collar, that's who I'll be. If I need to be the one that will send pledged to your city, that's who I'll be. I'll be who I need to be. And say to your neighbor, I love that about God. I love that he can be exactly who he needs to be. Jeremiah let us know he'll be a wheel in the middle of a wheel. Woo! Won't God do for you what needs to be done? Some of y'all ain't happy yet. You must not have been through the experience of God showing up and showing out. And so we have to be aware. We have to be aware of who God is. Breaking it down, you have to be God conscious. You have to know your God. You, you have to know his voice. You have to know his presence. You have to know his guidance. You have to be God conscious. You have to be God conscious in the midst of a horrific situation. You have to know that God is right there despite what's going on in your body. Despite what's going on in your mind. Despite the trouble that you're having financial. You have to know that your God is right there. Situation may look dim, may look bad, but you have to know in your being, God with me in this. I'm going through it, but he's right here. A lot of times I get to going through stuff and, and the enemy tries to make me wonder if God is with me. Then I hear that still small voice that, that, God, that God shows up and, and reveals and it says to me, didn't I tell you Walker, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will be with you always even until the end. Walker, I got not only your back, your front, your side. I got every part of your life. Walker, I meant what I said when I told you through Peter in 1 Peter 5 and 7. Cast all your cares upon me. I really do care for you, Walker. I know you was, were jacked up. I know you been messing up, but I still got your back. I care for you. Oh, somebody needs to hear that. Somebody that's going through something and you feel like God is not with you. You feel like God is not doing enough. I came to tell you that God cares for you. In the midst of your trouble, God cares for you. In the midst of your sorrow, your tears streaming down your face. God. But you have to be God conscious. See, when you, when you are truly a sheep, according to Jesus, you're going to know the voice of God. That, that's what I was hearing in Elder Thomas' voice and, and Deacon Holland's voice, that, that they knew God for themselves. You know the message that comes forth is bigger than, than, than the shot, man. That word that's coming forth is bigger than preaching. That's God's word. That's my rhema. That's something tailored. Seemed like he's been with me all week, but I can't be preacher. I seen preacher over there at the graveyard cutting the cemetery. That ain't him. That had to be God that told him what was taking place in my Walker can't be everywhere, but God can't. But you as a sheep have to know God's voice. 
Jesus was bold when he, when he said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger. They will not follow. But in order to know God's voice, you got to spend some time in prayer. You got to spend time in the written words. You got to read your Bible. You got you to gotta know what Genesis says for you. What Exodus says for you. You got to know what Jesus meant when he talked about how you can be blessed in the book of Matthew. You got to know what Paul meant when he talked about with his stripes you can be healed. You got to know what Isaiah meant when he said that Jesus took on a whole lot of stuff, including sorrows, just for us to be free. Got to know what Paul meant when he told a pastor, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. You got to be God conscious. So you got to pray. You got to read the word of God. And when you show up to church, you just can't come just to be coming. You got to come knowing that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But if I'm going to hear and it's going to make a difference in my life, I got to have a sent one. I've got to have somebody anointed, appointed that God has put in their belly a word that's strong enough, capable enough to change my life for the better. Because there are times you're not going to hear from folks what you need to hear. You're going to hear things from people that will try to scare you. Will try to torment your mind. You're going to hear stuff that will cause you, if you're not careful, to lose sleep. Not just for a night. Not just for a week. But for months, barely sleeping, you're going to hear things that will cause you to lose your appetite. Even when your best plate of food, the thing that you've been wanting, that you crave for is put before you, you still won't eat it. Why? Somebody has said something that got to you. You've heard bad news. At that moment, you have to be God conscious. You have to be to the point to where you don't allow that bad news to penetrate your being and mess up your spirit. You have to be to the point to where you don't allow the words of folk to damage you. And so in the midst of somebody telling you it doesn't look good, you have to be so God conscious to where in the midst of them saying it, scriptures like Romans 8 and 28 just pop up in your spirit that, that says all things work together for the good for those that love God those who are the call according to his purpose. But it won't happen if you're not God conscious. You will allow what that person is saying to taint your very being. Had a negative physician tell me years ago, well, what's going on with you does not look good. Look like we may have to do such and such. Or you're not going to have the quality of life that you should have. And, and, and it came out, but, but I was so God conscious that, that I didn't mean to make it mad. But, I just, but it just came out of me. The devil is a lie. It just came out in the doctor's office while he had me laid back in the chair. The devil is a liar. I didn't know it was going to come out like that, but I knew what he was saying could damage my being if I allowed it to get in my spirit. 
You can't allow what folk try to convince you of to get in your spirit. You have to be conscious of who your God is. Which brings me to the text. No doubt the author was going through it. But the one thing that's evident when you look at 2 Samuel 22 and 33. Is that he was God conscious. To the point to where it had become personal to him. Very personal. Notice, notice how personal it was. As we just look at the text just, just for a minute. Just, just glimpse at what he says again. God is, and this is the key word, my. Mine connotes belonging to me. Wealth me. In charge of me. Looking out for me. It was personal to him. He was aware of who God was. And and the reason it was canonized or became part of the scripture is because as children of God, we need to have the same testimony. That when it comes to God, he is my savior, my redeemer. He the one I'm gonna call on to get me out of this. Yeah, yeah, I'm in there. Now ain't no way I can get out of this, but he he can get me out of this. But see, when you're not conscious of God, you won't be happy. You won't be happy saying he's gonna get me out of this right here because you have been tainted by somebody's words. By somebody's conclusion about you. And some folks have the audacity to try to tell you your future. And you haven't been knowing them but two or three weeks. You just went to them for a checkup. And now all of a sudden they want to try to tell you your future. And ask you your relationship with God. Well, based upon what I see, your future is. Boom. But you don't have to accept it. And it's dangerous if you do. You can't believe everything that you hear. That's the reason the question was asked in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, and in the New Testament, Romans 10, whose report are you going to believe? You even have to separate yourself from family sometimes. Joshua said to his kinfolk, he said, look, if y'all want to serve, the gods that our fathers serve, who were on the other side of the river, that's your business. But I done had a talk with my family. As for me and my house, we gonna serve the Lord. We gonna serve Jehovah. We gonna serve the mighty God. We gonna serve the God that brought us out of Egypt and is trying to put in our hands better. That's who we gonna serve. But you have to be God conscious. You have to be. No way around it. Cause stuff gonna come. My life, according to what a man told me, was not supposed to be a quality life. I think I'm living a good life. According to his time, by now I should be, yep, dead. 
like he had the appointment book. <laughs> Hebrews 9 tells us that it's once appointed for a person to die. And the only one I know has the appointment book is God. But you have to be aware of that child of God when you're battling things in your mind, in your body, in your being. And when you're truly God conscious, you get rid of childish things. You take on maturity. You become transformed to the point to where your mind is according to the written and revealed word. The things that come out of your mouth are according to the written and revealed word of God. And though you're not flawless, the things that you do are according to the written and revealed word of God. And when you mess around and fall or mess yourself up, you still stay in the word of God. You be like, I got to repent. Because this sin right here, so I got to repent and get myself back together. And when you live such a life, you are God conscious. You are aware of the very presence, the very power, the very existence of the living God. And you start having the testimony about who God or the Lord is to you. And I, and I love the testimony of the author here in 2 Samuel 22 and 33. The Lord is my number one strength. He's my strength. And I'm in a glad the Lord is your strength. He, he is the one that you can depend on. He is your strength. He is, he is the one, according to Paul, that enables you to do everything. Paul said in, in Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ. What is, what is he doing, Paul? He strengthens me. He is the one that gives me the strength to say what I need to say. To think what I need to think. Be because if the truth would be told, some of us, we'd be thinking crazy. But then God helps us. Woo, and some of us, when certain things come up, our mind starts to go down. But it's God that grabs us and puts our mind back on track. God is our strength. Some of y'all looked at me strange. I need to take you, I need to, take you to uh, Philippians 4. Let you see that scripture just real quick. So you can understand what the psalmist said. And then thousands of years later, Paul basically said the same thing. So that lets us know it's not just for one person. And notice again, in 2 Samuel 22 and 33, God is my strength. Now go to Philippians 4. Y'all there? Yeah. Philippians 4 and 13. We'll just read one verse. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God has the type strength that can help you do whatever needs to be done. No matter what it is. If there's certain things going on in your body, you say, I'm so weak. God can give you the strength to do what you need to do. 
You've been trying to get your children to do it. They won't do it. So God, just ask God. God, you gave Paul strength to do what he needed to do. Can you give me strength to do what I need to do? If you don't ask him, it says about you that you're not God conscious. You're not aware that he can give you strength to do whatever you need to do. And notice this testimony again. I can do. He didn't say no couple of things. You know, because that, that, that would have impressed us, but not, you know, we could have said, hey, I can do three things. You got two, I can do three. But now Paul didn't talk, talk about no two or three. Paul said, I can do. So that means our God is omniscient. Knows about everything. Knew everything there was to know about the computer, the internet, before it even came into existence on earth. Same God knows everything. God, they got this internet. Now, hey, remember, I'm omniscient. I know it. He knows everything. But, but when you never ask God to give you the strength to do certain things, what's going on with your God consciousness? But then he went on to say, not only is he my strength, he is my power. See, see sometimes we feel ineffective when it comes to doing certain things. And see, what God will do is God will give us his dudamus in order to be the person that he ordained for us to be. That's the reason Jesus told his disciples who were in a hurry to do ministry to say, he told them, he said, look, Y'all don't need to be doing nothing right now. Because I'm getting ready to go so, so Peter ain't going to be able to help you out the way I helped you out the last time. Because I ain't going to be here so I'm going to have to leave somebody with you that can help you. Because you know Peter thought he had power he didn't have. Whew, I wonder how many Peters we got in here. You know the Bible warns of never think more of yourself than you should. Yeah, I can handle that. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. And you be having that straight face, but you don't know there are some things you think you can handle by yourself. You, you ready? That will turn you every which way but loose. And see, Jesus knew he had hot-headed folks like Peter. And he, he said, look, I'm getting ready to go. But you need something. And so he told them in Acts 1 and 8. Matter of fact, let's go there. Y'all stay with me. Lord have mercy. Acts the first chapter. And I know y'all probably know these scriptures, but when I feel led by the Spirit of God to go there, I want to go that real quick. Acts 1 and 8. Matter of fact, I want to read verse 7. This is what Jesus told them. Notice what he said to them. It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. They wanted to know stuff. He was just, look. It ain't time for that right now. Reen, I wanted to read that before I get to the primary verses. Don't we, don't we act like that sometime? We want to know what God don't want us to know. Woo! God, God, show me God. No, he don't want to show you. Oh, Jesus, show me. No, he don't want to show you. It's not for you to know. Lord, while I'm going through this, he don't want you to know why you're going through it. 
I got to move on. I'm going to say to somebody, everything, everything is not for you to know. That's where trust comes in. You have to trust God despite what you do not. Well, if I don't know, I can't move. Yeah, well, you, you don't trust God then. You're not God conscious. Verse 8. You shall receive power after or when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And, and notice he talks about how they are going to be completely changed when they receive the Holy Spirit. He says that you're going to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. In other words, everywhere you're going to be witnesses to or for me. When folk look at you, they're going to know that the power of God is in your life. When they hear you talk, they go know that the power of God is in your life. They gonna hear folks talking doubt, but you're gonna be talking faith. They gonna know that the power of God is in your life. They gonna hear folk saying it's over, but out of your mouth gonna call it ain't over until God says it's over. They don't know that the power of God is in your life. I'm going to make you witnesses. He was letting Peter know you're not going to be that same man that denied me when you get my power. Walker, you're not going to be that same mess when you get my power. The power of God changes your life in order for you to fulfill God's purpose. He'll allow you to go through things, but he'll give you the power to come through it just so you can give folk your testimony. Why I'm going through this, Lord? Remember what I said. You're going to be my witness. I'm going to let you go through this storm so you can come out of this storm and be my witness. I'm going to let this stuff hit your body. I'm going to let this stuff get in your back so you can be my witness when you come out of it. Who in here receiving what I'm saying? God knows I'm talking to a whole lot of folk. Say to your neighbor, God gave me power. The Holy Ghost just ain't for talking in tongues. That's the initial evidence speaking in tongues. But the Spirit of God was given to you in order for you to be to have power to be a witness for God wherever you go. Wherever you go. To work, home, over your friend's house, your relative house, does not matter. You were given the Spirit of God to let folks know you have divine power residing on the inside of you that manifests in your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. This is good preaching. I don't care what y'all say. And finally, in 2 Samuel, 22 and 33. As he continues to talk about who God is to him, look at what the writer said as he closed out the verse. He makes my way perfect. Or basically, God is the maker of my way. As reading the psalmist said, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Lord, you heard what they said I needed to do. But Lord, I ain't taking no shot and I ain't taking no pill until you tell me what to do. 
Lord, you heard what they said as if they have the power of life in their hand. But Lord, your word says you are the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. You are the first and the life. You are the one that has the power of not only life but death. But now they're trying to make me think that they have it. Lord, I ain't going to know it in my head. I ain't going to shake it. I ain't going to do anything until you tell me. I'm going to do, Lord, what you told Solomon in Proverbs 3. I'm just going to trust you with all of my heart. I'm going to acknowledge you in all my way. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. God is the maker of my way. I'm just going to wait on him to tell me what to say. Because in me, is the, the flesh is rising, say, cuss him out. I, can't, I know I can't cuss him out. That would be sin. I'm just waiting on you, Lord, for you to tell me what to say. And see, I see how some of y'all were looking, but don't act like you ain't never wanted to cuss nobody out since you've been saved. I got to say something. Some of us wanted to and did it. Look at something I say. God needs to be the maker of your way. Say to one more person. God needs to be. Lord, I'm just going to wait right here. Lord, there's so much confusion going on. I'm, I'm just going to wait and whatever path you put in front of me, that's the path that I'm going to follow. You, Lord, are the maker of my way. You, Lord, are the one that order my steps. Used to be a song, order my steps in the Lord. I wish I knew at least two or three verses I'd sing for you, but let's go on. You have to trust God to order your. Because we are in trouble times. We're in times where everybody has an opinion. And sadly, they, they act as if their opinion is truth. But see. The Bible has already defined truth. Truth undoubtedly is Jesus. That's the reason when when Peter and the others were confused about the statements of Jesus in John the 14th chapter. He he just asked them a question. Have I been with you all this time and you don't know me? I mean, I've I've been teaching all this and you don't know me. And then he dropped on him. Hey, hey, look. First and foremost, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Letting them know, you're looking at God right now. Then he dropped on them in John 14 and said, I am the way the truth and the light. I'm, I'm truth. And, and you know, when I hear folks say, I, you know, I really don't know what to believe. They saying this, they saying that. My first thing is, you, you're not saved. Uh, uh, if you are saved, you immature and not God conscious. Because people are going to always have opinions. And see, Jesus said that in in the latter days, folks would become wiser and more wicked. And and when folks become wiser and more wicked, that means they're going to start making their opinion sound like truth. Can I take it further? Making their lies sound like truth. 
He said it's going to be it's going to be so horrendous that even the very elect can be deceived. And then Paul picked up what Jesus said. He said, hey, you know, in, in a lot of days, it's going to be a great falling away. From what, Paul? The truth. And while Paul was talking about it, it happened in one of his churches. The Galatian church. Showed up to the Galatian church and noticed that everybody was messed up. And just asked the question, hey, who? One person. One person. Hold on, bewitch you. That you should not obey what? The truth. The path that God has ordained for his children beyond is not Walker's path. If you come here and, and everything you take from my messages is Walker said, you don't know God. I'm not trying to insult you, but you can't, you can't come here thinking this is the Walker show. You have to weigh everything I say according to the written word and according to the Holy Spirit that's in you. The Holy Spirit, according to scripture, will bear witness. Understand something about God and how, how serious God is about having his servants do his will on earth. Amos 3 and 7 said, surely or without a doubt or in truth, God will do nothing. Unless he reveals his secret. Secret connotes plan unto his servants, the prophets. Prophets that speak the mind of God. Get this. For the present, the near future, and the distant future. That's his word. But see, you have to be mature when, when you don't allow opinions of what sounds like truth to move you from God's path. You got to be mature. Because folks are, are say things that, that, that will make sense to your flesh. But see, God let us know in Isaiah 55. Look, when it comes to man, my ways are not as the man of ways. And then he dropped this. Neither are my thoughts. My thoughts are my ways are just not. Lord, so you mean that sometimes what man says it ain't you, yeah. Even though it sound right, it ain't me. How we gonna know? Jesus told us how to know. Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall what? Pass. But guess what? It ain't gonna fail. See, pass, pass connotes fail. Heaven and earth shall pass. It's gonna fail. This is gonna cease. It's reading in the book of Revelation, John say, and I saw what? A new heaven. And a new earth. What happened to the other stuff that was here? Jump the form of things that pass away. And for we don't, you know it's global warming. We gotta try to. You can't stop what God had already ordained to happen. It's got to pass. You can try to do this and do that, but it's got to pass. But see, as children of God, we have to know God's word. Instead of agreeing with folk, giving two dollars for something that you don't even know nothing about, you better start studying the word because some things that's happening is because God ordained for it to happen. Told us there's going to be plagues, pestilences. What's a pestilence? A pandemic. That's a new word. He said, this was going to happen. But he said, look, don't let none of these things, what, move you. Don't let them move you, though. They're going to happen, but don't you let these things move you. Because he that endures. 
to what? The end shall be saved. If you just endure, keep doing what I'm telling you to do. You're going to experience salvation. You're going to experience protection. You're going to experience prosperity. The maker of my way. He is the one that that causes my way. And notice the word that he uses to be perfect. Perfect in the sense of flawless. God letting us know, look, if I tell you to do something, it's perfect. It's absolutely flawless. What's going to happen is exactly what I said was going to happen. Why does it have to be flawless? Be- because if God tells us to do something and it does not work according to his will, he's just a man. And God is not a man that he should lie. I'm talking Bible. Now the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Will he not make it good? Say to your neighbor, he's the maker of my way. I got to take you to a couple of scriptures and then I'm done. About way. He going to make our way what? Perfect. How many are receiving? It's really helping you. You're getting a good understanding of it. All right. Let's... Uh, Let's start in Genesis. Genesis 39. This is about Joseph, but it's bigger than Joseph. But notice this, Genesis 39, 23. Joseph is in prison. He had been falsely accused. But notice, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Notice why. Because the Lord was, help me. And whatever he did, the Lord made it what? Now notice. Joseph was in prison, but had a person that was supposed to be over him watching his ways. And the person noticed that God with him. Now this is a God noticing that a prisoner is a person that has a genuine relationship with God. And and notice, in prison now, whatever Joseph did, God calls him to prosper. In prison. In prison. I'm trying to let that sink in. Some of y'all, y'all, y'all in prison. Can only go so far, can only do so much, but still prosper. Who can cause a person's way or a person's path to be such? Only the Lord. Only him. Let's go further. Let's go to Deuteronomy. Let's go to Deuteronomy. 28th chapter. One of y'all favorite scripture. Deuteronomy 28, and we're going to look at verse 13. This right here is real. It's it's countless folks that, as far as I'm concerned, that... This has happened to 
in this church as well as so many other churches. But notice this. Deuteronomy 28, 13. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only. Be above, help me. Be above, help me. One more time now. Be above That's saying something right there. There is a level in God to where you are done with being the tail. There's a level in God to where you ain't got to worry about having to go through certain things no more. You're just point blank the head. That's a good place to be. You got to go through your suffering to reign. But once you get to that reigning point, you be like, see you forever. <laughs> got to go. Again, and the Lord will make you. Who going to make you? Not your job. The head. And not the tail. And, and see, this is not just a financial thing. <laughs> see, when God starts making you, he makes every part of your being. When God tells you well, he's able to, he, when he tells you it's well, he's able to turn around and make it be what he said. You come up here sick and, and God says, tell him as well. God is able to make it what he said it would be. It's just up to you to be so God conscious to where you, you leave saying, I know what God told me through pastor. I received that in the name of Jesus. And, and sometimes even before you come to the pastor, you need to have in your being, if I just go up there, it's going to be well. Or sometimes you ain't even got to come to the pastor. Why are you in church just like now? Pastor going to have a word when I get there. And he going to say some stuff. And when he say it, it's going to get in me. And it's going to be. I will make you the head. Not the tail. You shall be a live above only. And never. Never beneath. That's the implication. You ain't going to never be beneath. But notice the condition. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. Now notice, Moses was speaking to them. And he said, if you obey what I told you to do, but he, he clarified, and what I told you to do are the commands of God. See, a God-ordained preacher going to always keep it 66. I said a God-ordained preacher going to always keep it 66. It's going to be a backup to, to whatever he or she says. Amen? Is God the maker of our way? I'm going to stop right there. Let's get a Lord hand of praise.